Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at at Monica Ferguson Coaching, where you can join my group for extra inspiration. And I'm also on Instagram at mon3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I would love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hey friends, it's Monica Ferguson here and welcome to my latest edition of Maiden Speech. This week, I'm so excited to bring you the abundance queen herself, Viola Hug. This podcast was freaking amazing, blow my mind. I had so many aha moments, What you will hear. And you can also find this on YouTube where you can actually watch the interview as well. But... Viola Hug is an intuitive coach. She's a mentor, an author, a podcaster, and the creator of the Abundant Babes brand. And she coaches women on business, wealth, spirituality, and mindset. And this was an amazing chat around money and abundance and with so many amazing tools and ideas of how we can start to shift the way that we think and the way that we approach money and start removing some of those fears that we have. And so I hope you guys get so much out of this. I would love to hear from you what your aha moments are. So get in touch with me and let me know. But enjoy. And hello, Viola Huggett in the house. Hello, hello. I'm so stoked for this. I'm actually, there's a part of me that's a little bit fangirl. Because since I read your book, and I have to tell you, I read it three times. And oh like, my gosh. And I read it in one sitting each time. So I just cleared like three hours and I just read it cover to cover. So oh like, my gosh. I cannot wait to get, because I feel like your story is so similar to my story. Um, and I'm just like, I can't wait, honestly, to just pick your brain. Yes, I'm so <laughs> excited to be here. And that make, honestly like, makes my life. <laughs> that, one, you like my book enough to read it more than once. And two, you even read my book. <laughs> three you love it and we're here I'm so excited (laughs) and I sent it to everyone that I know um, and like I was just saying to you before we started recording I never prepare questions and this morning Mm. I was making my coffee and I was like ask her this ask her this and ask her this and ask Mm -hmm. her about this in the book so I'm like I'm a little bit of fan girl (laughs) oh my god yes okay I'm so excited I just I also feel like straight up you should know like I just I joked about stalking you but I'm not really joking um Mm. I actually do it's one of those like you know, WWVD, but VD in a good way. I mean, so like when I, (laughs) so I mean like yours, honestly, I don't know any other coaches like you. Um, And I think that you're going to be such an inspiration because, and I was reading your newsletter as well. I woke up to a newsletter from you as well. So you've been on my brain all day so far. (laughs) Um, And just talking about, you know, how you got into business and how one of the biggest things is not, following the norm not following the trends not following other people's rules and really guided like being guided by your own intuition mm-hmm. and it's so resonated with me because I feel like that as well like I have these these sort of instincts to do things and it's not what other people would do but I just love it yeah. so anyway how about I stop talking and you can start talking um <laughs> and for those who haven't read your book but they will after this I would love it if you could give us a bit of context on like your story because it's so amazing where you came from to where you are now um, and however long you want to talk about that, by all means. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, how about I just share what comes to mind from my story? And then if there's anything you want me to go deeper in, obviously I can do that as well. Awesome. But I mean, I honestly, like today was having one of those moments where I was like, holy moly, pinch myself. Like, this is actually my life. Like, to give you a little bit of context, I'm living in Canada um, which is, I'm originally Canadian, but I lived in New Zealand since I was, um, 16 until a couple of years ago. And so it's kind of like, I feel like half my life I spent there and half my life I've spent here. And I'm living in this beautiful home with my husband and my cat. I'm like nearly eight months pregnant. (laughs) I, um, you know, despite what's going on in the world, like my husband and I, we wake up every single day. Um, when we feel like it, like he usually makes me pancakes. (laughs) It's a pretty good life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, um, it's just like every single day is like, what do I desire to do today? Like what feels good to me today? What do I like 
you know, what, what do I feel like doing? And if it's that I feel like going out, if it's, I feel like staying in, if I'm talking with incredible people all over the world about how they can like break free and do what they love. Like the life that I live right now blows my mind. There's no limitation in my life. Like there's so much abundance. There's so much joy and fulfillment in every single aspect. And literally two years ago, I was in six figures of debt and like, making literally no money staying at my mom's house. Like it blows my freaking mind. And this is after five years of being what I like now refer to as my struggling entrepreneur years (laughs) where I've always been ambitious. I mean, like my, my whole life story is, is kind of like, I joke about it now. It's like the universe knew I was going to do big things. So it needed to prepare me by pulling me through the mud in my life. (laughs) Like, there was just so many ups and downs, like, you know, with my family relationships with, I lost my father to cancer with my own mental health struggles, with my own kind of self abuse things I went through to kind of like seeing the light, deciding that I wanted to change my life, working on my mindset, um, trying out entrepreneurship, deciding, you know, like maybe I can make something of myself in this lifetime and, um, trying to figure things out for a very long time till, yeah, like I said, about two years ago, just over two years ago, I had this like effort moment where I was like, okay, like literally what's been, what I've been doing so far, it's like definitely working in some sense. Like I'm progressing, like my mindset's so much stronger. Like I believe in abundance. I believe that we can do things for ourselves. I'm happy. I'm in a good relationship. Like in terms of my inner strength, I was like fully there. But in terms of my external environment, it was like nothing matched, right? It was like, oh, when am I going to see results in my life? And I had this realization that up till that point in my life, like I was really doing everything that I thought I needed to do in order to have that quote unquote success. You know, like I followed other people's systems. I followed other people's rules. I, you know, I 5 a.m. club, work really hard, outwork everyone around you, like that kind of mentality. And um, I also was like a little bit of a people pleaser in how I showed up. It was always like, like what do people want from me? Like, if I'm going to do a business, what do people want to learn? What do people want to know? What, you know, what's the most appeasing color to use in my branding that most people are going to like, you know, it was very much like that vibe. And suddenly I was like, F it. I am like over this. Like it hasn't been working. I just, I have this like desire and this urge just to do what I want to do. Like, how can I make this fun? And I think after like five years of trying so hard and it not being fun in the, in the, in terms of the business, like it was, I was still positive. Like I always have to frame that. I was still positive. I was still happy. I was still glad I was doing something for myself, but in hindsight to how I see my life now and how I've built my life now, it's like, it wasn't fun. (laughs) You know, it was like so much pressure all of the time. And then I decided to start a coaching business and I was like, I'm going to brand things pink and be super rebellious. <laughs> and I, I was like, you know, that was kind of how it started was literally like, that was my first act of rebellion. I was like, I'm going to make it pink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, them. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so random. Um, but because up till that point, you know, I was always trying to do like neutral colors and I don't know, it was just so random, but, um, and suddenly like I'm, I'm in this space where I'm really trusting, like what actually feels good to me? What do I actually want to do? Like what actually feels exciting to me? And then it's almost like a tidal wave of like everything in my life changed and hindsight very quickly at the time, it still felt like it took a minute, but yeah. um, I don't know, like that's, that's the snapshot. <laughs> yep. I mm. love that. And cause you go so in depth with this in your book as well. Yeah, um, and I guess I think one of the the my favorite parts of the book was that scene where you're in the supermarket in the freezer, oh. and I just sat mm. on my bed and just cried even three times, and I was like, I know it's coming, I won't mm. cry this time. But it like it's like so many of us can connect to that that feeling, mm. you know. And it's like I love that you're so open about it and such a an example of what you can still do, you know. I so think yeah, and platform, like. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't read the book, like I wrote the book and published the book a year ago now. So I mean, my, the, how much my life has changed, honestly, since I wrote the book is insane. And I can't wait till I write another book so I can share all this craziness with you. Yeah. But it's like, um, that point, that moment that you're talking about was, um, I think like such a defining moment in my life. There's many of them. Um, but for me, that was the moment that I 
really, I think, truly decided that I was no longer going to choose not feeling good in my life. Because up till that point, and I, I, I know anyone who has like mental health stuff, it's like, it's a very, very hard thing. But also anyone who's kind of come out the other side of mental health knows that at one point it is a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's hard and it's not as easy as just stopping and it's not blah, blah, blah. But at one point it is, you know, like at one point you kind of get so sick of yourself that you're like, this is it. Yeah. And I had this moment where I, I was doing grocery shopping and I was at university at the time and I was like trying to spread my $20 as far as I could for my groceries. And I literally like get to the freezer section. I opened the freezer and it was like everything just stopped. And I was just standing there and I just remember like feeling completely cold. And it was like, why the F am I even bothering going grocery shopping when I don't even want to live? Like I don't even want to be alive anymore. And it was like just this whole moment where I was just like, do I just stay here forever? Like, do I just not move? Do I like not like, you know, it was just this realization of like, what the, what's the point, you know, like that real, what's the point feeling. And at the same time, it was like this moment from within me. That's like, that's bullshit. Like you do not want, that's not true. You know, you do want to live. It's just, you don't want to live like this. And I was like, (gasps) and it was like that moment that I was like, that's it. And you know, I put myself into counseling from that point, like, and that was really hard for me. Like, that was a whole other story. That was really hard for me. But I came out the other side because I wanted to change so badly, really with a new attitude, and new mindset. And I very, very quickly healed so many of my mental, mental health things. You know, I had um, depression, anxiety. I had um, borderline personality disorder. Like, I was really suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like, it makes me emotional still thinking about it because I feel so much for that version of myself and for people who go through similar things, Mm. but it gets better. It really does. (laughs) Yeah, it so does. That's the thing. I spend so much time talking about this stuff on here. Um, And I think like, I love what you said about it being a decision because like at some point there is a decision to like we were saying just before this call, to put a bra on and to go to work. <laughs> like there is some, it is a decision to drink this, not that, or to mm-hmm. hang out with this person, not that person, or to go, go for a walk or stay in bed or whatever. And it's like those little, those little things over and over and over again create massive momentum. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So yeah. I'm just, I've got so many questions in my head. This is going to be so random. Is that all good? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, can you see the sparks coming off my head? <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> so first things first, you are the abundance queen, right? No one, mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who has modeled this better than you. So oh. my question is for you, because like exactly what you're saying, you know, in the business world, this hustle mentality mm-hmm. of like, yeah, outwork, outlast, you know, like Elon Musk do a thousand mm-hmm. hours a week for the rest of your life kind of thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't sound cool, really. So what is your take on, so like getting into alignment, you know, being in the right place, allowing things to come versus actual activity and mm-hmm. taking action. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a really grounded perspective of this in all honesty, even though I definitely tend to um, hang out a little bit more on the like lean back side because I think we're so conditioned to try and control the outcome, right? Like we're conditioned to try and control, micromanage the universe, like be the person who always knows where every single dollar is coming from. And if I'm going to start this business, then I need to know where am I going to get clients and how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? Like we tend to be more conditioned into that side, which is why I tend to talk a lot more about the other side. But I do believe there's a balance of both because it's kind of like this, like abundance to me is like, it's a feeling more than an actual thing. It's an energy we tap into. Right. And we have access to this energy regardless of our circumstance at all times. And I speak from experience because at my, you know, financial worst is when I really truly started to feel abundance for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that inner feeling then slowly translated into my actual physical experience. But abundance is this feeling and it's the feeling of knowing that there's always enough. It's this feeling of knowing that you are enough. It's this feeling of knowing that no matter if, if you um, can see it now or you can't see it, it's there there's enough for everyone. Like you have no worries. Hakuna Matata, like the the whole vibe, right? Like that's really what abundance is. So it's a feeling, but 
in our, as humans, we're having a human experience, right? So there needs to be a practicality to it as well. And in, in our practical life, that's the feeling of having a, a bed to sleep in. That's the feeling of knowing that your bills are paid. And as we tap into kind of like higher realms and higher perspectives of it, it's that we have unlimited cash flow. We have unlimited love. We have unlimited access to these things that we really desire that kind of make up our um, fulfilling, amazing life, right? And it, you cannot have those things in your physical reality without also being able to energetically match it with a feeling because you can have a bank full of money and still feel scarcity. You can still feel the fear of losing the money. You can still feel the fear of not making it again, right? And this is like one of the battles as we grow. It's like at the beginning, it's like, will I ever make this money? And then we start making money and it's like, yeah, but can I keep making this money? Yeah. And then we make more money and then it's like, but what if I lose it? right? What if it stops? And these are all the, the things that we battle in our own minds. So it's not just about having the thing because you have like most people listening to this, I'm going to make an assumption. <laughs> it's like you have a bed, you have a home, like whether it's your own or you have somewhere to lay your head, you're, you have access to food, you have access to Wi-Fi. Like there's things right now that you have access to that you may not be actually tapping into the feeling of gratitude and abundance for, right? And it's when we get into this vibe and this energy inside of ourselves and we're like, oh, I've got nothing. I can't afford it. It's too expensive. I'll never be like that. How can, how come they're doing it? And I'm not, it's because we're tapping into the feeling of not enoughness versus enoughness, mm. right? But we can also feel enough in this with the exact same external circumstances. So, I mean, I'm kind of going on a way sideways tangent. I love it, man. I've just read another <laughs> three more questions for you. Exactly. Like <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, I'll keep channeling whatever's coming through then. Yeah. Um, and so we have this kind of like this, this thing, but, but also at the same time, we need our humanness. We need to, we need to be able to love on ourselves even when we are feeling those emotions. We need to be able to respect the fact that we are gonna feel fear and we are gonna feel uncomfortable as we try new things. And all of these things, because without our human, what is the manifestation of abundance? What's that for? Do you know what I mean? If fear it's like we don't need it because there's no spirits driving around in convertibles around us in the sky. Like yeah. just the, the on an energetic realm, it doesn't make sense to have that physically. So it's like, we have to tap into it through an energetic realm, which is kind of like this whole leaning back energy and um, focusing on what our vibration is and, and visualizing and all these wonderful things. But we also have to be very aware of who we are as a human and take inspired action and enjoy it. Um, so it's kind of like they come hand in hand, right? Mm -hmm. So to go to your initial question, like um, the, the magic is really when we can be in a space where we can tap into the feeling of what we already desire, of what we want more of in our life, right? We can tap into that feeling. And then rather than taking action in our physical life based on what we think we should do or how we can control what's coming to us, we understand that as we're in the feeling, we're, we're a match for that, right? And we take inspired action from that space. And suddenly now the things that we're doing are the actual things that are going to get us the result rather than what we logically think we need to be doing. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. It totally does. Okay. And so this is why I'm thinking now, like all my questions, I'm like out the window. I've got another one for you. <laughs> so one of the things that, um, that I love about you is that you talk a lot about getting uncomfortable. And I mm. think in the spiritual world, often it can be sort of portrayed as that it's easy and it flows and it feels good all the time. But I think that like in there, even in that inspired action, sometimes some of the things that you know you need to do just like make your stomach drop out and you want to vomit, you know, can you talk to that a little bit more about? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Listen, if it doesn't feel uncomfortable, you're not growing. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It's like, it just, <laughs> you can't because the only reason things feel comfortable is because you know how to do them, right? You know how to do them. You know what to expect, which means that if it feels comfortable and you know how to do it and you know what to expect, like, for example, you wake up in the morning, you go to the bathroom, you get dressed, like, you know what to expect, right? There's nothing uncomfortable about that. It's comfortable. You have your cup of coffee and you know, the first sip's going to feel like, ah, oh, you know, like nothing uncomfortable about that. 
Um, going to do a task that you do every day, tying your shoes, doesn't feel uncomfortable because you know how to do it. Which means that if we're consistently working in a space of what we know how to do, what we, what we can expect, and what feels comfortable, we're actually just repeating who we've been. So we're repeating the exact same version of ourselves and we're getting the exact same results. Yeah. Now, when we grow and we decide, oh my God, I might, you know, I'll start this business or I'll hire this coach or I'll run a marathon or whatever it is that we really desire to do. And the desire is like this feeling of like, oh my God, wouldn't it be just so amazing? Like, that's how we know that our soul is kind of like giving us this little insight, like, hey, wouldn't you want to try this? Like, you're, it's possible for you. Do you want to try it? And then you're like, oh, wouldn't that be so amazing if I like started this business and I could like wake up every morning with no alarm and oh my God, it'd be so amazing. Like that kind of feeling. And then suddenly the humanness sets in, right? And then you're like, but I don't know how to run a business. But what if I invest this money and I never get it back? But what if I run and I have to give up after five kilometers and I can't finish the marathon and then I'm toast. <laughs> you <Yes>. know, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, we so get into our head and it feels uncomfortable because we don't know how to do it, right? Like that is literally it. We don't know what to expect and we don't know how to do it. And too many people hold them back, hold themselves back from the possibility of what could be simply because of the fact that they don't know for sure, right? Like when I decided to start my coaching business, it was scary. It was like, I don't know, people aren't going to want to pay me. I don't know how, what, what, services should I do? What should my title be? What should this be? You know, when my husband and I decide to start traveling full time, uh, but what if we don't make money next month? <laughs> when I decide to hire my coach, um, that costs more than I currently make a month. So probably not the smartest idea. Like it was like all of these decisions that were just like so uncomfortable because of the uncertainty, but you have to give yourself space to be able to let those things become comfortable right and we all know that like we all know that at one point in our life it was frustrating to tie a shoe like when you see kids trying to tie shoes and they're like I can't do it <laughs> and they're like you know tying it wrong and they're putting the shoes on the wrong foot and it's just like this is not working and now we just tie our shoe and we don't even think about it right like things can become comfortable but we we have to get uncomfortable in order to grow and to change and to learn new things and become a new version of ourselves and um, in like what you're saying in the spiritual community, like oftentimes it is looked at like, oh, it's just so easy and blah, blah. And I talk about that a lot. Like I seriously, if you ask me, I will tell you that it is easy to make money. <laughs> it is easy to have a business. You get to have fun. You get to have it all. There doesn't need to be sacrifice, but it doesn't come without getting uncomfortable. Yeah. I think the only thing is, is that our mindset around comfort changes because we know it's short term discomfort for the possibility of everything we've ever wanted and that feels fun oh that's so good that needs to go on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> that's my t-shirt quote well the first one from this podcast anyway oh it's so good it's so good okay so question for you when did you realize what you were here to do Oi. <laughs> good question <laughs> um when did i realize like I think we get caught up in this idea of our purpose a lot, right? Like I, I remember that was like one of my most frustrating things. I was like, what am I here to do? Like, what's my purpose? And I can't tell you that I had a definite moment where I was like, oh, this is my purpose for sure. Now I'm, this is my purpose because I don't believe our purpose is necessarily something that we do, but it's an energy we channel. Right. And so when I first stepped into entrepreneurship, I think I already had this kind of like feeling like this is what I'm meant to do because I, the, the feeling of freedom, the feeling of giving other people possibility and all of these things just like lit me up like nothing else. Right. Yeah. But then over time, the way that I did that changed and shifted. And so now it's like, if you were to ask me to define my purpose, I'm not sure, like, or what I'm here to do. I'm not sure I could give it to you in words that will always resonate. But what resonates with me right now is this, this real feeling of like helping people step into the courage to do the unimaginable, you know, because the unimaginable is so possible, I've realized. And all we need is a little bit of courage and a little bit of shifting and a little bit of alignment and all the things, you know, like, kind of helping people see a possibility that they may have not seen for themselves before. 
but that's going to be ever evolving and how I do it now isn't necessarily how I'll always do it. I won't always be a coach. Maybe, you know, I didn't think I'd be an author and I'm an author, you know, like there's so many different ways to do it. And for people who are questioning that for themselves, I really think it's just like, follow what feels good for you and what lights you up and try different things. Like you might be starting at one point and it's like, yes, this feels really good. And then eventually you're like, actually, I'm being called more into this direction now, but this is what's lighting me up. And this is what feels really fun for me. Like you don't always need to have a title on it and it doesn't need yeah. to be one thing, but it's a feeling we channel. And, and that's the, the best answer I can give you. And I honestly, I totally resonate with that because I'm the same. Like I started out as a photographer and I never thought that would happen ever. And then it's like mm-hmm. evolved into all these different directions. And like, when I think back to, this podcast I started last year and I remember sitting here like trying not to throw up the first time and just being like oh my god you know like no one's gonna care and like all that imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. comes up and it's like it's quite exciting to just see what comes up and the new directions that show up and I kind Mm -hmm. of wonder if because exactly that thing about purpose I wonder Mm -hmm. if it's part of our like we like to control so we want to know my purpose is to be a lawyer okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That's in a box. I know what I'm doing. Easy. Mm-hmm. Like problem solved, you know, whereas mm-hmm. we're not really meant to stay like that, are we? We're meant to evolve. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like, and I kind of think there's like different layers. Like we're in a, I call it like the new paradigm of business. Now business isn't just like, what's a good idea? What do people want and how can I market it? Business now is like, what is my soul leading me to do? Like, who am I in? Like what impact am I here to make? Um, And that's what, you know, I often refer to the term as soul business. It's like literally channeling from our soul. And so a lot of like old paradigm business stuff is like, you know, set your smart goals and know your vision. And, you know, and although there's aspects of that, like, yes, I believe having goals is an important thing because it sets an energetic flow of intention. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, I believe having a vision is important because it's what keeps you going. But almost, I find that a lot of those things come effortlessly when you just give yourself permission to just follow what feels really good. You know, if you're struggling to have a vision for your life, then the fact that you like don't have a goal, goal statement on your friggin' vision board isn't the problem. Like it's your energy, it's your alignment and it's about shifting your mindset and your perspective and getting excited about something again. Like that's, I think a lot, where a lot more of the magic comes from. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So we're about like, what do you think some of the biggest mistakes are like around money? That sounded so Kiwi just then. I'm very aware of my accent right now. (laughs) Are what are the biggest mistakes? I'm I'm so much more. (laughs) I think we're gonna talk. (laughs) Let's try that third time. Let's see if I can get the words out. What do you think the biggest mistakes are? If you had to say three, three of the top mistakes that you see people making when it comes to money, what would you say they are? Okay. So number one, I would say is not recognizing what you have currently. And this is kind of like, I mean, this could probably be broken down into two parts, but like the not recognizing what you have. Number one, what I mean by that is this whole mentality of, I can't afford it. I don't have enough. This is too expensive. I have no money. And that mindset is so backwards when it comes to money. Like it's, I mean, it's not backwards if we look at the majority of people, but if we want to tap into abundance and next level wealth, we need to drop that because that what we're doing. And this is the big, the number one thing around money is we give our power away around it. That's the problem, right? Like different ways we do that, but this is the number one way we do that. And we do that because we're essentially, and people are like, I'm going to smack you because look at my debt, look at my bank account. Like I have no money. (laughs) I for sure would have said that at one point in my life, like I was in over six figures of debt. So I mean, I'm speaking from experience here, (laughs) Um, but uh, the, the, the problem is, is that you do have money. It's just, you don't think the money that you have is enough, or you're saying that after you've paid your bills so that you have a home to live in and Wi-Fi and internet, you don't have excess money, right? Like that's what you're really saying. You're, but saying you have no money is literally not true (laughs) because if you have one cent to your name, you have money, right? And it's the same thing when people say like, I want more money. And then they find a penny or 10 cents or whatever on the ground. And then they're like, oh, but I don't want to pick that up because I don't want to look desperate. It's like, 
<laughs> so you true. know, like self check. Right yeah. <laughs> um, and so we give our power away by essentially saying like the, well, firstly, this is actually more of a gratitude, this one here, but it's like, we, we're not tapping into what's of what's there. So we're actually focusing all our energy on what's not there, therefore creating kind of like more an energetic bubble around what's not there in our life, which means that our mind, our energy is primed to look for where it's not enough, right? It's not enough because yeah, I got paid, but it had to go on bills. Yeah, I had this extra money, but then my car tires went flat. So I had to get new car tires. So it doesn't count, right? Like it's, we're literally primed to affirm that belief (laughs) and that's on a psychological basis and on an energetic basis so we're essentially keeping ourselves stuck in a loop we're just looping ourselves and um then the second part of giving our power away is when we say things like i don't have money or it's too expensive because what we're saying is i don't have control over the situation this is the situation and i'm an external part of that and this is all happening to me right? Like it's, you're saying it's expensive because I don't have the money in my account for it. And that is priced too high for me. When the truth is, depending on who you ask, expensive is a very subjective term. Yeah. Right. You ask Bill Gates, if it's expensive, he's probably (laughs) not going to agree with you. Yeah. Right. Or the Kardashians, they'll be like, what? Only a million dollars. Great. I'll take three. And so what that really means is, you know, it's like, and people say to me, but yeah, but what can you say then? If it's like literally too expensive, it's like, well, firstly, it's realizing it's not expensive. It's just not something that you currently see money available for in your account or that you value. Um, You can say things instead like, um, well, I would say do a self check-in because sometimes we say things like I can't afford it or it's too expensive when we actually mean something else. So the self-check-in is, do I actually really want this or am I just looking for an easy excuse, right? Mm. An easy excuse out. Sometimes we don't want to do the thing. We just don't want to say, no, thank you. (laughs) So we say, "Mm, I can't afford it. I don't have the money, right? So true, yeah. Watch what that's doing to your energy though, right? It's not good for you. And then secondly, it's like, we do want it, we just don't really want it right now. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel important enough that we want it right now. In which case it's like, no, thank you. Not right now. Yeah. Right? That, that's fine to say. Um, and then thirdly, it's like, we really do want it, but we just don't see how we can do it. In which case we can ask ourselves, how could I afford it? Right? Like how could I find a way to do this? Mm-hmm. And then, then we're taking our power back because then we're saying, I have the power to make the decision here, right? And then suddenly it opens up a new level of our brain and then we start being more resourceful and then we think of new ways. And if, even if it's not now and it's later, but we figure it out, right? And the same thing is um, like, let's say for example, you're going to buy um, a couch is coming to mind for some random reason. (laughs) I don't know why. I have a lazy boy. Okay, lazy boy. Like, you know, a lot of people, they don't um, (laughs) buy those a lot, but we're just going to use this as an example. We're going to go buy a lazy boy and you want to spend a thousand dollars and then you see a lazy boy and it's like all cool and it has all the features and it's $2,000, right? And then you say that's too expensive, but that's not the truth. It's not expensive, right? Because that's subjective. It is just not what you intended to pay, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, again, take your power back. My intention is to spend a thousand dollars what lazy boys have you got for a thousand dollars? Oh, okay. That's feels way better. Right. So that's like the same if you go into a makeup store, it's like, just what's your cheapest one? No, you don't want cheap. You want good quality. You're just intention to, is to spend less than $10 for this item. You know, what mascara have you got for around the $10, $10 mark? Oh, here, this and this and this one. Perfect. How much better does that feel than can I have you the cheapest one? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's that. And I've probably given you like a thousand tips within these three. <laughs> and my third, my third though, is people don't, they don't know their money, right? It's like, I always say that money is an energy that you need to have a relationship with just like your partner. And yet you won't even give money the time of day to check your accounts and know what's in there. And then people say, yeah, but I feel bad when I check my accounts. It makes me want to throw up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a gratitude problem, most likely. 
Um, and it does sometimes feel overwhelming, but until we actually know what's going in and out of our accounts and we're willing to be aware of where we're spending our money, where we're earning our money, it's going to be very hard for us to create any intentionality around spending less where we might be overspending and making more where we want to be making more. So that would be the third thing. Yeah. Man, I'm having aha moments with Fred and Center. <laughs> so just then I was thinking about that thing of when you look at your account and like so many of us do it like head in the sand, right? Cause it feels gross or we're scared oh, yeah. or whatever. But really now I can hear you in my head. Take your power back. Take your power back. <laughs> and I've changed the name of the podcast now. That's currently it. Take your power back. I might change again. <laughs> But that's the thing, right? It's because we feel powerless when we look at it and we feel like it's happening to us and we don't have yeah. any, any way of changing things. Mm-hmm. But man, those distinctions around that, oh my God, that expense, like, yeah, saying things are expensive or I can't do it or whatever. But mm-hmm. even, yeah, I want the cheapest thing. It's such a, mm-hmm. it sends such a strong message. And it also, I guess, sends such a strong message to ourselves of what we're willing to receive that I deserve exactly. cheap. I deserve I only deserve this little thing. Yeah. I'm the person who can't have the quote unquote expensive or better quality thing, you know, like yeah. we, we say those kinds of things to ourselves all the time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about, you know, journeys around self-worth and self-love and an ability to really allow abundance to flow? How do you see that I relationship? Think, <laughs> I think it's all like essentially the same thing, you know, like, I feel like to really truly feel abundant, like I said, even though we talk about abundance and like finances, abundance is really um, an energy that's present in all areas of our life because we can also feel um, abundant in our um, love that we have in our life and in good food and, you know, and fresh air and in beautiful things. Like we can, we can tap into that feeling of abundance, which abundance and gratitude are very, very similar feelings. You know, gratitude is like the gratitude for what's there and what always will be there. It's like, that's gratitude for abundance. They're kind of super similar, but I'm different. (laughs) But but then when we talk about like self-worth and self-love and all of these conversations, it's, um, it's like where, where it becomes tangible in our life. Because I, I think that's the problem for so many people. The reason they feel sick is not only just because they don't feel like they don't have control over or power over what's in their bank account, but because they've been told that their value is linked to how much money is in their bank account. Mm-hmm. They feel like their worth is not as good because they have debt. Right. Yeah. And I remember yeah. this feeling like, like I, like, can you imagine like, and six figures is like a roundabout number, like including student loans and stuff. It's more like between my husband and I, (laughs) like, can you imagine if I looked at that number in my account and thought that means my, my worth is negative six figures. So I, I cannot like, if that's my worth, then how could I have a business where I expect people to pay me? right? We get confused in our head when really like what we earn, our ability to access abundance is not related to what we owe. And that's like a whole nother conversation. It's kind of like a pretty deep conversation when we get into money conversation. Mm. So I feel like there's a lot of basics we need to grasp first, but um, there, there is no connection between worth value and how much money we have. And the same goes for if you have a lot of money. Mm. I thought when I made more money, I would feel more worthy. I thought I would, if I made more money, I would feel more of value and more successful. And that's why like, I mean, I didn't go into this part of my story, but the the first part of my entrepreneurial journey in the first year, I actually made so much money, like for that point in my life. Like I had like weeks where I was making a few thousand dollars a week. I was like, killing it. Like I've never seen this kind of money before. Like, you know, my goal was always like, Oh my God, can you imagine if I made a thousand dollars in a, in a week? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, and yeah. then I, I did it at one point and I was like, Oh my God. And, and then it all, I lost it all. Like my income went back to like a hundred dollars a week after that over like the next six months or so. And, um, That to me though, was such an important learning lesson because up to that point, I was like, I just want to be successful. I just want people to respect me. I just want this. And I, and I, my, my heart was always in the right place, but I thought that it was when I hit that income level, I would feel that way, but I didn't, I got there and it was like even more pressure. 
I was like, shit, what do I do next? Right. And everyone around me said, Oh, so what next? You going to double it? And I'm like, <sighs> like mm. freaking out. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll feel more successful if I hit this next level. Maybe I'll feel more successful if I hit, hit this next level, but that wasn't it. It was, I had to lose everything. And then I had to find the place where I'm like, actually, I still believe in my worth. I still believe in my value, even though I don't have anything to show for it. And that's the biggest problem is we're, we, we think we're, our value's less because of how much money we have, or we think our value is going to be more and then it doesn't feel that way and it feels just as crappy. We believe that we might have debt and or we don't have a lot of money or we're living paycheck to paycheck and we believe that means we're irresponsible, right? That's what we get told. Oh, you're so irresponsible. Why'd yeah. you get that credit card? We should want security. <laughs> responsible. Yeah. yeah. So so it's like there's all of these stories that we have because of the beliefs that we are conditioned with around like in society. And the crazy thing is is that a lot of the quote unquote money mistakes we make are because of the way money's taught in society right? It's not like you're this odd one out. Like it's a pretty universal problem that people um, make bad choices. They emotionally spend, they um, overspend on credit cards, they spend more money than they make, or they, you know, they make money and hoard it to feel something and then they don't feel it. Like this is a whole conversation. So it's like, yeah, it is taking our power back and getting to this place of like, I'm actually, I was born worthy and nothing's changed. Like nothing's changed. <laughs> it really hasn't. Yeah. And the amount of money that I have is actually like, and this is where I have fun with money. It's like, it's actually more of what's possible. Like what could you create? If you like, if you're in this situation now, based on just like the conditioning that you've had all your life, like what would happen if you actually started shifting some of these beliefs? Like, you know, how can you get a little bit more playful and say, what would, what would the possibility be if I actually put some intention on this and I actually started working on my energy around it and how I spoke about money and how I feel about myself. And every time I notice myself feel crappy about money, I, I tap into gratitude for even my one penny, my one cent, <laughs> and you know, like, or whatever it is, right? We always have something to be grateful for or the roof over our house. Like all those things are representative of money as well, right? Yeah. And I always say as well, there's like so much abundance that you're receiving that you probably aren't even aware of. Like you don't realize that if you need bread and then you go to the grocery store and there's a dollar off bread, you've literally just manifested a dollar. <laughs> like yeah. you would have had to spend that money and you don't now because it was on sale. And that's like abundance that happens all the time around us that we don't even give credit to. And just like I was saying before, when we feel crappy about our money and then we notice everywhere where things are crappy, once we start getting excited about money and we start being grateful for money, then we notice everywhere where it's good and it amplifies. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Okay. So question, if I can just back up a little bit, if we go back to, and I'm thinking of some friends of mine in particular, right? So avoid bank accounts, avoid taxes, avoid business stuff, um, because that, you know, push against what you resist, persists, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> How do you start shifting? If you're absolutely terrified of not having enough money and you're watching your savings go down and you're freaking yourself out, how do we start shifting those fears and beliefs at a deeper level? Mm. Oh my gosh. This is the thing. It's exactly what we were talking about before. You have to be willing to get uncomfortable. Like you yeah. can't expect it to feel comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Don't expect that one day it's magically going to feel better or it's going to go away or whatever. It's like, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my one, my shift in finances, but my whole life is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to go through it right? Like a really simple example is if you want to do a Facebook live and you've never done one before, or you just started a podcast and it feels terrifying to like interview <laughs> someone like that feels so uncomfortable, but you can't just sit there and be like, I'm just going to wait until I feel comfortable to do a live. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Like yeah. literally it's <laughs> never, ever going to happen. You have to be okay with sucking, feeling like crap, probably saying the wrong thing, probably making weird faces, looking back at the video afterwards and being like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> What am I doing? I make that face when I talk. No, like I am never showing my face again. This is so embarrassing. Like you have to go through that discomfort and be okay with it. Like yeah. you have to be okay with the fact you're probably going to want to throw up every single time you do your taxes. <laughs> like 
for the first little while or you start tracking your money. And like, I remember the first time that I did it as well, it was just like, oh my God, like channel every single warrior goddess energy that I can like master up right now and like show up and look at my bank accounts. And it was sickening. And the whole time I was beating myself up because I didn't have the awareness yet that I didn't need to do that. (laughs) So the whole time I'm going, yeah oh my God, I can't believe I spent that much money on eating out. Oh my gosh. Why did I, what the, like, you know, like the whole time I'm doing that. But even though I was beating myself up the whole time, I still got to the other end and felt pretty empowered. At least I knew now. I knew the number. I knew how much debt I had. I knew how much I was earning. I realized I was overpaying like 50 billion things. Like literally we were paying like $205 $205 a month for, the, for mine and my husband's gym membership. We switched gyms and we're now only paying $60 a month. Yeah. And I never even paid attention to that because I didn't, I was too scared to check my accounts, yeah. you know? And it was like small things like that. I realized we were paying for memberships for online sites that we didn't even use. I was like, Oh, should probably cancel some of these. And suddenly like my, my, expenses were down thousands of dollars because of just the awareness of it and I felt like a badass and that's a feeling I could get behind but next time I went to check them I still felt nervous I still felt scared but it's like you have to just be okay with it just do it and you'll feel better yeah Yeah. see that could be another podcast title as well just do it and you'll feel better (laughs) I love it but that's the thing I like and I I feel like we're not very good at talking about this. The, mm. the level of discomfort, because as well, what you see online is the finished shiny result. You know, you see the, the awesome pink branding and you see the videos and, and also mm-hmm. how we feel about ourselves and how other people, like people, this cracks me up at my networking group. Everyone thinks mm-hmm. that I'm the most confident speaker and I stand up and they're like, oh, I wish I could talk like you. I'm like, I literally want to vomit every time. Even after four years of practice, I still feel my heart racing as it comes around to me, you know? And it's like, Mm. and I think that's been the interesting thing with this podcast, for example, is, Mm -hmm. yeah, those things of, for me, it was, um, how many times can one person say like in one hour? Me, about (laughs) a thousand times, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. But then, but then you actually... I force myself to, I listen to them every single time because I want to grow. Mm-hmm. I want to learn what works. What do I like? And then you start mm-hmm. to develop an appreciation for yourself and you can see how you're progressing. You can see how mm-hmm. you're getting so much better and you can um, start to see what other people are seeing. But it is mm-hmm. the first 10 times I just sat there, you know, and my covers of my bed with my headphones. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know. And the sound of my own voice used to make me cringe. And now when I hear it, I'm like, it's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Totally, totally. Okay, so can I ask you about, I watched a video of yours recently, I think it was a couple of months ago, and it was about quantum jumping. And it was about how, and you talked about how one year, like in one month or something, you had made the, like the amount of money you had made in a whole year. And you were talking mm-hmm. about this thing of how it doesn't have like time and how we have this perception of time and how things should take a long time. Can you mm-hmm. talk to that a little bit? Oh my God, this is like super timely as well, because literally today I was celebrating surpassing my 2018 income already in 2020 in less than three months. And I was like, oh, you know, I I know. And especially because 2018 is like a pillar year for me, because that was the first year I ever really felt like I had money in my life. (laughs) You know, like that was a great year for me. And so um, it's like, it's crazy. This whole thing, like, okay. We, we associate like making money with time because that's what we know. You know, people talk about like, oh, I make 40 grand a year. I make 50 grand a year. I make 70 grand a year. or I make this much a week or this much a month. And that's great. Um, but what we don't notice is that subconsciously all of our life, we've kind of built um, standards in our mind, right? We've built standards of what we believe is possible. So that's why like, for example, people who have like, parents who are entrepreneurs are more likely to not be or possibly more but if let's say entrepreneurs who do pretty well they're less scared of entrepreneurship like they'll try entrepreneurship versus parents um who've been in the same job their entire life oh my god those kids might be terrified of entrepreneurship um and definitely too scared to bring it up with their family you know like it's because they have like a standard of what they were shown is like acceptable and normal and this happens around money as well as we have subconsciously we've decided it is a standard to make this much money, right? Usually it's what 
the people we grew up with made. Um, and if we didn't know how much they make, it's how much we perceived they made. Um, so it's like, yeah. So it's like if our parents made, let's just say $50,000 in their job a year, then that's like a, an energetic kind of glass ceiling for us. And a lot of times what I notice in entrepreneurship is we have different levels. It's like one, what's societally acceptable and two, what the people in our life have made. And so let's say our parents made $50,000 a year, then that is like the first thing to really push through. And I mean, we can talk about like all the inner stuff that sometimes, you know, sometimes it's a thing about like, we don't want to make more than our parents. Sometimes it's just, that's what we think is the norm, right? Like if the average household makes X amount of money, then that's the average amount of time it takes to make that much money. Now, we live in a society where people make money based on time. Per hour, you get paid. Salary, per annum, you get paid. (sighs) Little do we know that this is whole world of possibility where where money comes through, which is an energetic exchange through the universe, essentially, I don't know, like wherever you want to kind of like imagine it, but the energy of money comes from, from the energetic realm, which there is no space, no time, no dimension there, which means that there is no limit to that. And that becomes to like, that's proven when you think, why does some people make $20 an hour and some people make hundred dollars an hour and some people make a million dollars an hour? What's the standard? There is no standard. The same thing with what's expensive. There is no expense. It's just what we decide. So when we're building, um, like when we're thinking of what's possible for ourselves and what we can earn, usually what's happening is we're saying, what do I believe is possible based on what I see around me, right? Mm -hmm. What's predictable because they did it and I could do that but not what is actually like, what's the true possibility here, which that's limitless. So it's like, I feel like it's fun playing around with what's possible. Um, Like for example, when I first started, I was like, oh my God, I want to make a thousand dollars a month. I think maybe that was my first goal. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I made a thousand dollars a month? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I make a thousand dollars a month and that's amazing. Right. Then it's like, this is the concept of collapsing time. Then it's like, I know I can make $1,000. What if I could make $1,000 quicker than in a month? Oh, okay. Well, I for sure know I can make $1,000. So now I made $1,000 in three weeks. And now I play around with $1,000. How, how much, how long can I, you know, in what time frame can I make my next $1,000? And then maybe it only takes me two weeks to make another $1,000. Um, and it's like more playing around with that energy. So it's more like, I think when we talk about like collapsing time, like this is what the, this concepts referred to as taught by my mentor. It's like this concept of collapsing time is essentially making the same amount, but in less amount of time than it used to take you. And how we play around with that in our life is very playful. It's not a serious pressure thing, but it's like, if I know for sure I can make 500 bucks, if I know for sure I can make a thousand dollars, if I know for sure I can make $10,000 in this amount of time, Like, what if I just play with that number and I say, how long till I make my next thousand dollars? Woo, that time it took me two months. How long till my next thousand dollars? Woo, that time it only took me one month. How long till my next thousand dollars? Woo, that one only took me one week. And next thing you know, you had a $5,000 month, you know? (laughs) Like, that's where it gets playful and fun. And I think that's the energy that we play with. And so for me, it's always just like, what number, what like amount of money can I get behind? You know, what feels like a good number for me? At the beginning, I think the very, very beginning for me, it was like, I remember when, if it was a thousand dollars a month, I think, yeah. And then I think maybe $500 a week was my like next thing that I was like, really like $500 a week sounds like a pretty good income. I was like, that sounds fun. So then I was just playing with how fast could I make 500, $500 or not 5,000. I meant $500. How fast could I make $500? And then played around with that until I felt more comfortable with different numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're picking numbers though, do you pick something that stretches you or do you pick something that's really comfortable? So when it comes to goal setting, I think um, having something that stretches you is really good. When it comes to um, this concept of like releasing our attachment from money and time, it's better to choose a number that feels re- like comfortable and play around with how quickly you can do it because 
And so when I like, usually with my clients, I teach setting a scale of goals. Like what's one goal that's just like literally a miracle would have to happen for you to have this. And what's one goal you for sure know you could smash, you know, like, I think that's always good because it gives you space to celebrate the things that you know you can do while also giving you space to really dream into the next level. But when it comes to this concept, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're doing this with $1. It doesn't matter if you're doing this with $10. It doesn't matter if you're doing this with $1,000 because it's compounding, right? Like if you made $1,000 and your thing was like, I can make $1,000, no problem. Of course I can make $1,000. And then you're playing around with how fast can you make it? Like how in what amount of time can you make it without being attached to it? You're not like, I have to make it in one week, but you're just like, how fast could this next thousand dollars come in? Right. I know for sure I can make a thousand dollars. Then you do that. And then you're like, Ooh, and then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. Next thing you know, you had a 10 K month. If you do it 10 times in a month. Right. So, and the same thing can happen with $500. You could do $500 10 times a month or 20 times a month. It just has to be a number that feels really exciting to play with when, and because these are two different concepts, like one's like the goal setting concept and one's the concept of kind of stretching what's possible without connecting it to like, it takes this long to make this much money. No, let's play around with that and see what else is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it totally mm-hmm. makes sense as well because I think, yeah, it's easy to have the vision, but sometimes it's believing it. That's the hard bit. Whereas this way you're proving it to yourself all the time. So you're like, ah, oh. and then it just gets yeah. the smaller increments instead of like, oh my God, I want a million dollars, but I have no idea how, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and, and I mean, I think this is again, like it is two different conversations because people who only set goals based on what they think they can achieve is a problem because that's where we're, we're acting from who we've been. We're acting from what's predictable. We're acting from what's comfortable. We're creating no growth for ourselves. So when, when it comes to goal setting, I think it's still important to believe in the possibility and be, like have that little bit of stretch without um, like the failure aspect, you know, people are like, Oh, but what if I fail? Like, I'd rather just like not set a goal. I'd rather set a smaller goal. So then if I don't hit it, then at least I feel good about myself because I didn't fail right? Like how we feel is like yeah. one of the biggest things that literally like, cause we always want to feel comfortable and cozy and good about ourselves, but sometimes we need to stretch ourselves. Um, yeah. and so it's like, yeah, anyway, so it's good to have something to stretch yourself. Like I always have crazy big goals, but when I'm talking about like my day to day, how I feel about it, I'm not going to feel good if I know I made I don't know, a thousand dollars this week. And I'm trying to make a million dollars this year. I'm like, this doesn't add up. This only equals $52,000. Now I'm freaking out. How am I ever going to make a million dollars? This doesn't make sense. Oh, like we freak ourselves out about it. Like last year I made, um, in 2019, I made a quarter of a million dollars and I started the year with only a $5,000 month, which does not equal five times 12 5,000 times 12 does not equal a quarter of a million. No. <laughs> just done. Even right? I know that. Yeah. I could have, I, yeah, I so could have got my head about that. And that's the problem, right? Is we set a really big goal, but then we go, how does this make sense? How does this, oh, I don't know. So it's like, let the goal just be the goal that kind of excites you. And when you think about it, you're like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if I actually did that this year? <gasps> Ooh, that's fun. And that's the right energy to like manifest and to play in and to just be like, Oh, that's fun. But we can't let our current circumstance attach itself to that and be like, yeah, but how does that make sense? That's where we pull ourselves out of the manifestation realm. Yeah. How we, how we utilize though, this, what is comfortable, this is where the comfortable goal does come in is like, what's the most comfortable thing? Like what's the absolute no brainer amount of money you believe you could earn in any amount of time, right? Oh, $500. doesn't matter what it is. You just choose a number. (laughs) I for sure know I could make this. Okay, let's choose $500. Let's just track and see how long it takes us to make $500. Oh, wow, it took me a week to make $500. Do I keep saying $5,500? I'm confusing myself. It's a change about, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. It doesn't matter the number. But, (laughs) you know, then then you say it took me this long, it took me this long, it took me this long, and then you do it again and you're like, ooh, I wonder how long it would take me to make another $500. And then maybe that time it takes you three weeks. You don't make it mean anything. And then you go, what about this? This time I did it in only a week. Oh my God, this is fun. Yeah. How, how, how long this time? Oh, this time it only took me this long. This time I made it in a day. Oh my gosh, I made it in a day, you know? So 
then and then maybe it feels more fun now you're just like i feel super confident around a thousand dollars that feels like a no there's no stress attached to that there's no like you can't make five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars like what's the number that has no self-talk and then just get playful with that number and that's how you stretch into the big goal i honestly think this might be the most useful thing i've ever heard about money ever <laughs> like yes ah oh, it's hard for me to, to run a podcast when i can't actually speak <laughs> um oh my god this is this t- makes total sense total sense mm. and because the tra- like the traditional business thing of like yeah set your goal and then but there's all this stress and it's not fun and it's it feels like pressure and control yeah. and it's like there's no playfulness in it yeah I was just watching I don't know if you guys have this on Netflix um but there's this doco called 100 humans and one of the like it's just like a documentary about like human behavior and I mean it's not super accurate but it's interesting um and one of the things that was just the episode that I just watched is like are we more motivated by pain or pleasure by criticism or um like empowerment kind of energy and it was like absolutely insane they had like this test group of people go through and they all like practiced a skill then they went in the room to show the skill and then in the evening they performed again and the when they showed the skill to the person he either like depending on which color he drew out of the hat he had either criticize them or um give them good feedback regardless of how good or bad they were and it was like some people were amazing and they got criticized and then when they came back to perform they did way worse because they were so in their head about it and the people that got good feedback did way better, like didn't even make sense how much better they made, they did. Um, and it just like reminded me of this pressure that we put on ourselves. It's like, we're so in our head. Like if it's like, you have to make $5,000 this month, otherwise you're a failure, you suck, nobody's interested in your business, <laughs> you're not good enough. Like all these things we tell ourselves actually, yeah. then it's like, there's so much pressure around that versus when we give ourselves opportunity to celebrate like that was the biggest thing that I learned which to me it's crazy I had to learn this but I really did and that's for me having a coach was crucial for this because I always forgot to do it for myself and this is like one of the biggest things that I really like do for my clients as well as help them to remember to celebrate because we have to be able to celebrate we have to be able to celebrate when red's a dollar less at this grocery store we have to remember to celebrate when we make money even if we expected it like you get your money from your job or from a client you know is going to pay you that better not just be like oh yeah (laughs) celebrate that like get excited about that because it's like one, it's so much more fun to live in a life where you're consistently feeling like you have things to celebrate. Yeah. Yep. And two, it's such a more powerful energy to grow in because you actually feel like good enough yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it drives me crazy. Like thinking about it now that so much of the old paradigm business is built around this concept of like, not good enough, work harder, do more, you know? And it's, it just doesn't have to be that way at all. Yep. Totally. And I keep, I keep hearing the word like earn. I think that's one of the biggest things, right? And that's like when I love listening to your language around money and it's about allowing and it's about receiving. It's not about, yeah, like you earn this much for this hour and that's it, you know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. it just feels so different. It feels so exciting. Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. You are amazing lady. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to wrap this up soon because I could talk to you all day. Um, yeah. But I really want you guys, because you run some awesome money programs. It'd be so cool if you could chat about them and where people can find you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I do run incredible programs. I just have to say, <laughs> like, yeah. um, I think the reason that I love the work that I do so much as well is because it's not just like, it's not just a program where you come in and learn three steps. It's like literally transformation. And like a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about on this podcast, it's like, you get to practice this, you get to apply it. And I'm really like, I call it like almost like an incubator. My programs where you like go in and you come out and you don't even recognize yourself because you become someone new in them. And I run, um, like, different programs they all incorporate each other in a way but they all kind of have their own pillars there's abundant babes the money program which is the one you were talking about um which yeah is incredible um it's kind of like it's really fun because it goes into tangible aspects that you can apply into your life like how to tangibly take care of money in your life but also energetically how to get into the space of not only being able to earn money but continually expand your capacity for wealth, I say, you know, so it's like you can continually grow your abundance and your wealth and what's possible for you. Um, and then I have Soulful Business Academy, which is more focused on business 
strategy from a soulful place, rising of the spiritual entrepreneur, which is all the energetic and spiritual practices around my business that I teach. And then I also just have this new program as well. That's, um, I, I call it, it's like basically to help you get coached by your spirit team. It's like my most woo woo program, but it's like really about just like the real spiritual connection and helping you with your, with growth and fulfillment and all those wonderful things that we want in our business. And then I also do one-on-one coaching, of course, where we can dive deep into all of it because we get to hang out 24 seven for however long we work together. Yeah. Amazing. Energetically. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I really oh. want to read Oh, yep. Off you go. I was just going to say <laughs> violahug.com is where you'll find all those things. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put all the links and stuff in anyway yeah. for me to share this. Um, and also I really want everyone to go and get your book because like I say, I've read it three times and I will read it again. You're an abundant babe. I got mine on Kindle. Um, where yeah. else can you get it? So it's on Amazon. There's a paperback and a Kindle version. And then um, for those of you who are not in countries where Amazon ships too easily, it's also on Book Depository, which I know does like free global shipping. So that one's always a good option as well. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you one question and then mm-hmm. you can go. Okay. <laughs> You'll be released. Um, okay. Okay, question. So. 15 year old Viola what Mm -hmm. would you go back and tell her oh my gosh I'd be like you were right all along you are magic (laughs) do not forget it because 15 year old me like was she was the one that was starting to to doubt that really we really are made of magic you know like I grew up being like oh my god Harry Potter and oh my gosh all these possibilities of life (laughs) yeah you know and and 15 year old me was like you know what maybe life is really hard maybe life is doesn't work out how you think and I just want to like go back and slap her be like no (laughs) you're right and hug her (laughs) and love her yeah yeah Um, but she was right she was right she knew I love that. It's got goosebumps. Um, I was cracking up before as well. I'm like, I couldn't interrupt you to tell you this, but I live my life. I get visions constantly of movies, like mm-hmm. song lyrics or movie quotes. And when you were talking about limits and stuff, and you know that scene in Mean Girls? Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Where she's oh, like, going, yeah, yeah, there's like in my head. And I was like, act cool, Monica, act cool. Yeah. I, honestly, <laughs> that scene comes to mind. So, so like some of my favorite movie scenes that I think like so match my life is like the, that scene, the limit does not exist. And she's like, like, what's possible? The limit does not exist. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> like when people are just like, I don't know, when we were talking about like expanding our wealth and like having such a different life and quantum leaping and all these wonderful things. Elle Woods in Legally Blonde when she's like, what, like it's hard? It's like, you yeah. go to Harvard? And she's like, yeah. what, like it's hard? <laughs> because that's honestly the vibe. And seriously, like what, like it's hard? Yeah. <laughs> like, we can do it. It's so available for all of us. Like I, I, I mean, I think you have to go through it to really get it. And I, I, I understand that. But if you can take anything away from the certainty in my voice, like so much more is available to you than you, than you even can imagine for yourself, right? Like there is so much possibility and so much good, regardless of where you come from, regardless of who you are. Like if you have the desire, it's already certain that it's possible for you. Yeah. I love that so much. So, so much. Well, my friend, Mm -hmm. I've absolutely loved this. Thank you so much for everything. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And to everyone who's listening, it's been awesome chatting with you. Feel free to get in touch with me as well on any of my social medias. I'd love to meet you guys who are listening and let me know what you took away from the episode. Yes, that would be awesome. Cool. Well, off you go. Thank you so much. I've got like a whole page of notes here I need to go and process. (laughs) Amazing. But yeah, I'm, my mind is blown. I am, I'll start to be able to speak again in about half an hour again. But yeah, you're, in, you're incredible. And, <laughs> amazing. And yeah, you honestly inspire so many people all around the world. You're an amazing light. So thank you so much for being you. Thank you. Thank awesome. you so much. Okay, well, take good care of yourself, my friend. <laughs> all right. Bye. And I'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>